Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we litigate weird and wonderful science through your brain. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this AI litigation edition, I explore the controversy around art generated using artificial intelligence machine learning tools. Discrimination, hate speech and lawsuits. Last week I explained how the AI art generation software Stable Diffusion works. This week, I'm covering the controversy over the technology. People using AI tools to make art are getting viciously attacked on social media and outright banned from many art groups. Luddite artists are not merely claiming that AI is stealing their images, but also their style and even their identity, and reaching for their lawyers. Some artists feel threatened by the new technology and are scared they'll lose their jobs. The original Luddites were weavers afraid of losing their jobs from the invention of the Jacquard automatic loom that allowed one person to weave complex patterns as fast as many weavers could, with less skill. It happened with photography and portrait painters. In 1941, American musicians refused to record any music for a whole year because canned music, recorded music, was putting live musicians out of work at theatres, clubs and bars. New technology comes up and changes the means of production, and people doing things the old way can lose out, unless we change our system to look after them, and everyone else who loses their job, or is deliberately kept as part of the unemployed population to reduce the effects of inflation. Copyright law is only supposed to stop other people from copying your work and selling it, or giving it away, without your consent or license, without changing it enough to make it their own. It's not a tool to fix all social problems. In 2022, on the art forum on Reddit, Ben Moran was banned because his style of art merely looks like the style of AI art images the moderator had seen posted around the net. When Ben proved that his workflow didn't include any AI tools, and that he had an established online portfolio of his work, the moderator told him that it didn't matter because it still looked too close to AI art. So he should find a new style and then the moderator blocked him from messaging him for 30 days. People started posting Ben Moran's artwork to the art forum in protest, and they all got banned. When asked by Vice magazine for a comment, the moderator said he couldn't reverse his decision, even though the art wasn't made using AI tools, because then the trolls would win. Moran himself posted on Instagram, Visual art should be created with the strokes of a pen not from the commands generated with a keyboard. Ironically, his workflow involves Photoshop, like many modern artists, so he's using a keyboard, mouse and stylus in addition to his pen. Some people who hate AI art state that art generating using AI tools doesn't have copyright, that it's automatically public domain because humans had no involvement, except for the artists whose works were in the training data sets. As if the software spontaneously generated itself and runs itself through a whole workflow. 
Some of these AI haters have posted that they plan to copy other people's AI artwork and then sell them on t-shirts. They say at the same time that artists using AI tools are thieves, so it's okay to steal from them, and that artists using AI are stealing other people's work and selling it, and that this act is very, very wrong. In 2018, engineer Stephen Taylor applied to the US Copyright Office to claim copyright to a digital painting of an old railway tunnel, overgrown with flowers and vines. He wanted the copyright assigned to the Creativity Machine software he wrote to create the image, as if it were a self-aware agent. He claimed that the art was autonomously created by a computer algorithm running on a machine. Unsurprisingly, the US Copyright Office refused his request, citing that an algorithm can't own copyright. They didn't actually decide that art created with AI tools is in the public domain. Currently, if you create art with any tool, including AI tools, then you are automatically the holder of copyright for that work. It doesn't matter how you created it, and whether you use a stylus, mouse, keyboard, paintbrush, pencil, or fingers. Of course, whether or not it's art, is in the eye of the beholder. On January 13th, 2023, illustrators Sarah Anderson, Kelly McKernan, and Carla Orters filed suit in the Northern District of California against Midjourney Inc., Deviant Art Inc., and Stability AI Limited, the company that launched Stable Diffusion. So let's take a look at the lawsuit raised by the three artists detailed on their lawyer's website, stablediffusionlitigation.com. The first thing you find on the site is the statement, We've filed a lawsuit challenging Stable Diffusion, a 21st century collage tool that violates the rights of artists. Straight off the bat, they're not telling the truth. As I covered at length last week, Stable Diffusion is not a collage tool. It's a drawing tool. A collage is a new work of art made from cutting and pasting previously created art, often someone else's. It was originally done with scissors and glue. Today, it's more commonly created using Photoshop or equivalent software. Courts have established that collage art is not a copyright violation if the finished work is transformative, which means that it's sufficiently different to the original works used in its creation. Or, I could print a million copies of your book and then make sculptures and sell them. I haven't violated your copyright because I have transformed your work into something new. So, although calling stable diffusion a collage tool is wrong, if it had been true, it wouldn't mean it was violating copyright. The lawyers claim that the models you can download for free from Stability AI contain all 5 billion images in a compressed form. These models were trained by looking at 5 billion images, that weren't behind a paywall on the web. They were publicly available. The model files are four gigabytes. Can you fit five billion images into a four billion byte file? Each pixel takes one byte to describe its position. You need one byte to make a single color in a pixel, and there are three colors in the system, red, green, and blue, per pixel. The training images are 512 by 512 pixels, so 512 times 512 pixels means 262,144 pixels multiplied by the three colors in a single training image, bringing it to about 786 kilobytes per image. 
JPEG can reduce that by 20 times at common settings, or 50 times at extreme settings by losing data and massively reducing the quality of the image. Any higher compression and the image becomes unrecognisable. At a 20 times reduction, the loss isn't visible to the human eye, but it reduces to a 40 kilobyte file. So at the 50 times extreme of the most practical compression, your 786 kilobyte image is down to just under 16 kilobytes. If a 4 gigabyte model has been trained on 5 billion images, then 5 billion images divided by 4 billion bytes is just over one image per one byte, or 8 bits per image. Given a bit is just a 1 or a 0, there's clearly no way you could reproduce any original 512 by 512 image in one byte. If it was true that this was an image compression technique, not a way to learn to draw images, then the more training images you use, the higher the compression you have to use for these 4GB files, and the worse the images would be that you generated. However, in reality, the more training images you use, the better the images you generate, despite the file size being the same. In fact, people have compressed the data in the models to just half the size, down to 2 gigabytes, with no loss in the quality of images the software can generate. You cannot compress 5 billion images into 4 gigabytes and then into 2 gigabytes, which would just leave half a byte per image, or 4 bits. Stable diffusion models can't be compressed image archives, which means they're not distributed copies of copyrighted images in the model files. You're listening to Ian Wolfe on Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. Everyone, of course cannot be a professional artist, but everyone can learn to draw. Another big claim is that you can reproduce the training images by typing a simple text prompt, backing up the claim that the models are really just very compressed archives, and not instructions or descriptions, as machine language experts would tell you. If this was true, then you could go to the Leon website to look at the training images, or haveibeentrained.com to pick one at random, and then try and reproduce it with a prompt. The fact is that it doesn't work. I picked a photo of a Venus flytrap, and for the life of me, there's no way to get stable diffusion to reproduce that image of a Venus flytrap in a way that looks anything recognisable. You get a red and green bowl-shaped plant thing that doesn't look like anything in the real world. But there are many photos of Venus flytraps in the data set. You can keep going with other images, and it always fails, if not so badly. However, in January 2023, an academic team from Google, DeepMind, UC Berkeley, Princeton and ETH Zurich released a non-peer-reviewed paper outlining a way to extract a tiny percentage of training images from latent diffusion AI image synthesis models, like Stable Diffusion. Like me, they couldn't actually do it, so they moved the goalposts. They cherry-picked images that were more likely to be reproduced because they were accidentally replicated many times in the training dataset. This can cause a problem in neural network training called overfitting. They found 350,000 images in the 5 billion image set that were replicated many times. Some of these pictures were from sales website templates, 
that are replicated all over the commercial web and some are famous photographs or paintings. 350,000 out of 5 billion is 0.07% of the original training images. They wrote their own custom software to give the best chance of reproducing these 0.07% of the dataset because stable diffusion doesn't do it. Even the Mona Lisa comes out with a different hairstyle, different backgrounds and different colours when you prompt for it on stable diffusion. Using their custom software they created a prompt for each of the 350,000 images and they generated 500 images each for a total of 175 million images altogether. Out of these 175 million images they found 109 that closely resembled a noisy version of a training image. That's a success rate of 0.03% from the 350,000 cherry-picked images or just 0.000002% out of all the images the model was trained on. That's a 50,000th of a percent success rate for custom software. You'd probably hide that part if you were trying to convince a judge or jury that this was a compressed image database. The models contain descriptions of how to draw things, not pictures of the things themselves. Is a description of how to draw an image just a compressed form of the image? On a Reddit thread of how stable diffusion models are a description rather than compressed images, WhiteFox27 said, I'm a bald, six foot tall white man with blue eyes. There, I successfully uploaded a compressed copy of myself to the internet. This led Bob Schwaggett to reply, Excuse me, but our records here indicate that you viewed Getty image of six foot tall white man with blue eyes on 14th of January 2023, then reproduced a compressed version of the image here without securing the proper licensing. You will be contacted by our lawyers who are working with law enforcement to figure out a way to repossess these unlicensed compressed images and stop you from further use of this illicitly trained neural model you call your mind biggest claim made by the lawyers and all the people who hate AI art is that the training data is stolen or legally a copyright infringement since for the images in the training data that are copyrighted, Stability AI didn't ask consent. They're trying to say that less than a byte per image to create images that look nothing like the training images cannot be considered fair use but is a violation of their right to control and profit from their works. If they succeeded, this would throw fair use out the window and make the web useless, since you can't look at websites without copying the images and text to your device's browser. And more widely, it would make all art impossible, since every artist learns from looking at other art and makes references to other art. Copyright law doesn't require you to buy every book you read or pay a fee for every picture you ever look at, however much publishers wish it did. Ironically, the lawyers are relying on fair use themselves to reproduce academic images from papers to use in their court case. They didn't ask consent. Fair use makes law, education, art, science and engineering possible. If you lock it all up, you stifle the creation of new things and the working of our society. Of course, you also have to balance that with encouraging people to create by rewarding their work. Copyright was originally for just 15 years after the creation of the work. Many creators lived to see their works go into the public domain. Thanks to the Disney Corporation, copyright is currently 95 years after the death of the creator. 
the courts have previously decided, if an image you generate looks nothing like mine, then you haven't violated my copyright under the legal definition. You've transformed the image beyond recognition. If the image looks a bit like mine, then the courts have decided on whether it's transformative enough that it's all yours, or still a close enough derivative that you need to ask my consent and possibly pay me a license fee to use it. If I use stable diffusion to generate an image of me, how could I possibly be violating someone's copyright given that there are no copyright images of me in the data set? When the lawyers say, the resulting image is necessarily a derivative work because it is generated exclusively from a combination of the conditioning data and the latent images, all of which are copies of copyrighted images, they're essentially claiming that all of the training images are copies of copyrighted images. This can be demonstrated to be untrue by simply looking up the Mona Lisa, which has been in the public domain for over 500 years. There are many works of art and photographs in the training data that have no copyright restrictions at all, which you confirm by going to haveibeentrained.com. This also goes against the established definition of what a derivative work is. The lawyers say, until now, when a purchaser seeks a new image in the style of a given artist, they must pay to commission or license an original image from that artist. But style isn't protected by copyright law anywhere in the world. You can commission work from any artist in the style of any other artist that they feel able to imitate. Some artists can imitate the style of anyone you like, and it's totally legal. They claim that artworks in the style of living artists siphon commissions and payment away from the artists. But that the actual content of art is what people care about the most and what they pay for. Commercially, people commission artists to create work for hire, where they're told what the desired image should be. Or the artist creates an image that makes a statement from their experience or expresses ideas and feelings or flights of imagination. And people choose to pay for that content. What if I create software that anyone can run that can copy your style with new content? Either way, the content matters at least as much as the style. A problem artists need to consider is that even if the training images contain none of their work, someone could commission another artist to create art in their style and include those images in the training data. One of the artists suing, Sarah Anderson, wrote an article for the New York Times describing how alt-right extremists online copied her artwork and drew their own text to say horrible things and then reproduced the changed art on many social media sites. Naturally, this made her feel violated. Her response is not to attack the attackers, but to attack Stability AI, despite the fact that they had nothing to do with what happened. She checked HaveIBeenTrained.com and found that many of her pictures were part of the training data. She played with several versions of Stable Diffusion and found that none of them could reproduce anything even remotely like her artwork. So she's suing them. Why? Because she's afraid they might be able to copy her style in the future. I had no idea you could sue a company for something they haven't done, but might develop the ability to do in the future. It sounds massively unfair to me. It gets worse. Stability AI responded to the artists who complained about the use of their images without consent by offering to take them out of the model. New models are released frequently. 
Stability AI created HaveIBeenTrained.com as a way for artists to remove consent for their images to be used so they can be taken out of the models. Google, Microsoft and Midjourney and all the other companies haven't taken artists' feedback into account like this. But these artists are suing the only company that listened to them. There are calls by people against AI art for artists using AI tools to include a watermark in their images so that they can be discriminated against for how they were made, rather than the content of the art. Some people against AI art claim that they want to force people to use these watermarks to more easily identify illegal deepfake images. But criminals tend not to obey such restrictions. Other academics have created a watermark system to be used by traditional artists who don't want their images to be used in training data for machine learning. The watermark system is designed to mess up the machine learning process and ruin the model files. One problem with this solution is that watermarks degrade images, even if they're invisible. So many traditional artists don't want to use them. The bigger problem for both solutions is that it's so easy to remove watermarks that this often happens without people trying, such as when images get resized or recompressed, or even just loaded into Photoshop. Some people have pointed to stable diffusion-based systems sometimes adding signatures to generated images as proof that they're computer-generated collage systems. Not only are AI art generators based on stable diffusion notoriously bad at drawing hands, but they're really bad at words and letters. So none of these signatures actually says anyone's name. They're just letter-like shapes that resemble signatures, but say nothing. Like a small child, the model observed that many images have a signature, and like a small child, drew something resembling the letters in a signature without actually being able to write. The second lawsuit is by Getty Images, who sell licenses for stock images claiming that Stability AI's training images were copied off their website without paying them a license fee. And their whole business is getting paid for images with license fees. It's interesting to contrast these two lawsuits and the anger against Stability AI and others for using images copied from the web as training data with face recognition software used by the police and police states around the world. Clearview AI scraped photos from social media profiles like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter, rather than the entire web. They targeted people's personal photos. They were all on websites that you need a password to access. Clearview also takes copies of any photos that police upload when they're looking for a match for their suspects. For Clearview AI, all of the pictures it copied were intended to be used against the people who posted the pictures to violate their privacy. Worse, because face recognition software is not very good and not very inclusive, it's poor at recognising people who aren't male and white. American police have attacked many African-American people because Clearview AI software wrongly identified them as suspects. Clearview AI service has been deemed illegal in Canada, Australia and parts of Europe for violating privacy laws, but it's still used by Australian police with impunity. Clearview also faces a provisional $22.6 million fine in Britain, as well as a €20 million Euro fine from Italy's Data Protection Agency. 
I hope these lawsuits can clarify the legality of different types of web scraping and the legality of using publicly available images and text for training machine learning. The courts and the public need to have the correct information about where the content and the training sets come from and how the software uses it to generate images or text and who owns the output. And that's all from us this week on Diffusion. Are you a scientist, artist, biohacker or maker who'd like to be interviewed about your work? Would your company like to sponsor Diffusion? Send your contributions, opinions, helpful suggestions and donations to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. Please subscribe to the Diffusion Science Radio channel on youtube.com c slash diffusionradio and rate the show on iTunes. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ian Wolf. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia to 28 stations on the community radio network, including Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM in New South Wales, 8 C in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek, 2MVR in Nambucca Valley, 3MBR in the Mallee Border Districts of Victoria and South Australia, City Park Radio 7LTN in Launceston, Tasmania, and 2XXFM in Canberra. Diffusion is narrowcast on Indigo FM 88 in northeast Victoria. Diffusion is syndicated globally on astronomy.fm. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. And check the website for links, photos and videos about this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, you can explore more than a thousand previous episodes archived on diffusionradio.com, where the shows are labeled by keywords so you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. Make a donation through paypal.me slash ianwolf, or join my patrons at patreon.com slash diffusionradio. I'm Ian Wolf. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio. Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know, and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. You discover the marvelous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the Earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick. Everything from a molecule to a living organism. In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man. Knowledge of his physical world, its past, its present, and its future. And in your moments of relaxation, now and in the years to come, you will find the study of science leading you into fascinating pursuits. Photography. Collecting. Why study science? Study science because you will find in the study of science a richer, more rewarding life.